2: This is the Rich Eisen Show. Steph Curry wins tonight. That would give him as many rings as Jamal Wilkes. Curry, left wing three, walked into it. Perfect. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. Let the
3: celebration begin. Beginning of the season. Nobody thought we'd be
2: here. I think this is the one that they can point to that banner and be most proud of.
3: The Rich Eisen Show. Today's guests. Basketball Hall of Famer Tracy McGrady. Former Late Late Show host Craig Kilborn. Plus your phone calls, TJ's big-ass grab bag, and more. And now, it's Rich Eisen. All
2: right, everybody. It is time for a fun three-hour edition of the Rich Eisen Show here on NBC Sports on Peacock, here on nbc sports audio sirius xm 85 this terrestrial radio outfit smart enough to have the rich eyes and show and also our friends on odyssey and especially hello to those listening to us on our podcast version of this show whenever you darn well please wherever you acquire your podcast where all podcasts can be acquired certainly through the cumulus podcast network and we love our youtube subscribers we're closing in on four hundred thirty thousand of those please be one of them if you miss anything today, um, you, you can go right there and and check it all out. Good to see you over there, Christopher Brockman. Do you need a to hug today, sir? I'll
0: take one if you're giving them out.
2: I do, sir. Okay. I do give them out. Uh, I'll, take, and I'll take I'm kind of like Olaf. I'm all into warm hugs. Love it. Me too. Good to see you over there, Jay Felly. How are hey, you, sir? What's up, Rich? TJ Jefferson has lit the candle yes, right indeed. here on this program. Boy, do we have a Happy lot. Friday. Happy Friday to you. Uh, we have a lot to get to here on this program. Christopher our resident masshole a diehard Celtic fan <laughs> Die just hard. like my uh, youngest son, my my wife, my wife and her side of the family to all the Celtics fans out there I say to you what an incredible season that came to a close last night on your home floor against the once again world champion. Golden State Warriors. Just an incredible season. Nobody saw coming when they were 500 at the turn of the calendar year. And they wound up two wins shy of winning it all. And uh, so to you, uh, Chris Brockman, and to all Celtics fans, I say what an incredible uh, season. And the future is no doubt bright. And um, I, I can't wait to see where things go from there, after the Warriors beat the Celtics last night in Game Six, that is the um, the, the high class way. I am starting this program and also empathetic way. I am starting this program. And I must say to you, Christopher, that is not difficult for me to do As you know, I'm a a high road, high class guy. And I am filled with empathy and humble. Uh, uh, Very. uh, I mean, that's why Deion Sanders nicknamed me humble host. However, (laughs) I am sitting in a chair like this one on a show like this one. And I say this with is the most respect I can do. Uh, or conjure for you and loved ones that I have in my, in my, in my circle of life about oh uh, the Celtics. But, Can I turn but, my ear off real No, quick? no, 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 Can no, I no. This is, this, her is, her is, this is something that, that outs- I would have led with this right off the bat <laughs> if it wasn't for you and you my much. youngest Thank son you. and my wife and, and my her side wife. of the family. Shout out to the shoe but shoes. But I am in a seat like this one. Yes, you are. On a show in a deep end. Of the sports talk pool from 12 to 3 Eastern Time. Traversing in the waters of longtime listeners, first time callers, and shows with split screens and bottom line topic bars and people on the right side of the screen going blah 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 blah, blah and people on the left side blah 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 blah, blah, blah something like that
0: <laughs> that's a nice gif DJ that
2: and of course I boil it all down to just that jabbered sound and I, as you know I adore people who are uh, uh, in traffic in those television <laughs> yeah, we generally sports like talk all of <laughs> <guys>. right exactly <laughs> yeah. but I just want to say that as a host of a show like this one there are few days where I can sit here and say the magic words. The
4: magic four words. Can I guess there, it? Can, can I buy a vowel? You already know what it is, can Chris. I, can I buy a vowel? I. One.
2: Told you. You. Three. So. Oh, it would have
0: been my first vow. I, I, so. <laughs> I told you
2: so. I told you so. October 19th is when I told you so. I sat in this chair and I said the Golden State Warriors were going to win the NBA championship this year. I'll leave out the fact that I wildly missed on the MVP and coach of the year guesses. (laughs) (laughs) Wildly missed who was coming out of the Eastern Conference. I said it was the Nets. But I only say that as just because I'm a humble man. (laughs) I told you so. So when Steph... I know you're feeling great about yourself. You should. Mm-hmm. When Steph says nobody saw it coming, I'm raising my hand saying, Steph, not true." I told you so. And I understand that they said nobody saw it coming because Clay Thompson, who knew when he was coming back? They hoped he was coming back. James Wiseman, the first overall selection of the draft, that first overall selection that they earned in that dreadful bubble year of fifteen and fifty, when Clay was out, when Clay was out, and Steph had a broken hand, they didn't even make it to the bubble. They just had, they just said, "Go, go to you, go to Disney World. We're just going to hang at home and, and, bunker, and bunker down here." Wiseman didn't even play this year. Jordan Poole, who is he? Just a Just a a fresh-faced kid from the University of Michigan. Who is he? I saw it. Saw it coming. Felt it in my bones. So, yes, I am making the Warriors championship about me.
3: This is the Rich Eisen Show.
2: Damn straight it is.
4: Yeah. Now then. Yeah. I mean, it is annoying. It's you my call it. right you in this it.
2: world. It's my right in this world in which we traffic every day to say stuff like that. Uh, honestly. Okay.
4: You know, Rich, a few months ago, I called you a basketball guy and you got upset, but you've no, won. A guy. You <laughs> won. Why, would, fantasy? I Why you, would I get upset? Why would I
2: get upset about predicted
4: that? the NBA champion I from have, day one? I, mean, I have many lanes in which I stay. <laughs> that is true. You're not just your stick to football, Isaac. Now then.
2: These Golden State Warriors aren't going anywhere either, okay? Unfortunately. Steph is the finest wine we have seen in quite some time, aging superbly well and playing at the top of his game, and he now has the mantle with four trophies on it, He has the mantle on which he can now place his first NBA Most Valuable Player award. He has damn near every scoring record you could think of from the three-point arc and whatever he might not have, he's gonna have. He has one of the most incredibly earth-shattering Styles of play we have seen on a hard court and certainly from somebody of his size. And on top of it, Chris, I think you said it before the show. This says it all, as far as I'm concerned, in terms of legacy and in terms of how he's viewed. You found it even tough to root against him on occasion. Yeah, I mean. it's stunk.
0: I, <laughs> I love Steph. I love watching Steph play. You know, I, I was a three-point shooter when I was in high school and college, and, like, I I, I, I I appreciate his game. I love his game. And having to root against this guy, and, like, every time he shoots, you're hoping he misses because he's playing against your favorite team. It sucks. It was just, like, it was awful to watch these games and be like, man, I hope Steph Curry sucks tonight. Like, ugh.
2: One of the most likable superstars of all time. And I know you say that just doesn't count when you're talking about all-time greats, but when you're being compared potentially to Magic Johnson, I think it does. He's won the MVP for the regular season twice, two scoring titles, eight times he's appeared on the All-NBA team, eight times he's been an All-Star, and those numbers are going to hit double digits. They're going to. (laughs)
0: <laughs> He's not going to stop playing. He's not retiring. It's his four time. NBA
2: titles are now as many as LeBron. And you're seeing his got more than Larry Bird. And I mean, there's some yeah. significant names who he is now on par with and above. And the, the the reason why they're not going anywhere as well is because you also have to think now that he does even have this Part of his resume filled and everyone now talking about him, rightfully so, in the conversation of one of the all-time greats. That's only going to boost his confidence. And you could sit here and say, does he really need more confidence? You know, Mr. Put People to Sleep and tapping his ring finger like he's Aaron Donald and Joe Burrow and what have you. Yeah, you do in this game. In all professional sports. And also... He's not the only one with these many championships on his team. They have an incredible Hall of Fame trio that we will be talking about as one of the great trios of all time. Draymond Green last night, 12, 12, and 8, almost a triple-double. He is on the Mount Rushmore of guys that Boy, you hate you? unless he's on your team. <laughs> <laughs> In the history of sports, if you want to put up a Mount Rushmore, I don't know who the other three guys are, but Draymond Green is on the Mount Rushmore. (laughs) He's on the Mount Rushmore of love him because he's on my team and everybody else hates him. And if he comes on your team, you'll suddenly love him too. Facts. Clay Thompson, how do you not love this guy too? What he has been through, ACL blown out in that 2019 Finals loss that ended the run of Durant there. And then he blows out his Achilles coming back from that ACL. That three, and he's gonna be better this fall. Every speak to anybody from Rex Chapman who is on this show, anybody who knows the NBA, he's going to be better in the fall. This was the time to get him. How many times did he rise and fire and sometimes the ball hit the front of the rim? Yeah. Okay. His legs aren't completely under him. His defense isn't. As good as it will be this fall, when Wiseman will be back, we're assuming. Will come. Andrew Wiggins now has a ring. Andrew Wiggins now has a ring, and he's going to have that incredible amount of confidence. And he's 27, and his defense is superb, and he is a perfect complement for what they're doing. He knows the system Inside and out now. And excels at it. And now he's got that part of his resume of no championship, no big game play. That's filled. Done. Check that box. Jordan Poole. I didn't even mention his name. How much better can he get? Gary Payton the second, Otto Porter. They have Jason Kaminga and Moses Moody just chilling. Moody... Moody and Looney? Moody and Moody? <laughs> <laughs> They've got a general manager who puts it all together in Bob Meyer. They have Steve Kerr, who now has nine rings. Wow. Crazy. Nine rings, four as coach, five as player. He's not going anywhere. Nope. And, the, and you could sit here and say, well, at some point, they're going to have to pay all these guys. How are they going to fit it all in? Do you know how far over the cap the Warriors were this year? $50 million. They've got two dudes last night, Joe Lacob, who had, I guess, Tony Robbins ready to give minutes. Did you see that sitting next to the bench? At one point, I'm like, who's that dude? That's so big, tall dude with big teeth. Who's the new assistant coach for the wall? That's Tony Robbins. (laughs) Joe Lacob and Peter Goober. Google him as to how much money he might have. Let me do that. Okay. Warren Beatty played him in shampoo. Look it up. Yo, that's him. That's how long. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Okay. They don't care. Oh I mean, the goodness. only the only people in, in sports right now who might just, like, burn the money to win for themselves and not care about the profit margin might be the Saudis. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's an awful comparison. <laughs> but I'm just saying they don't care. They're going to go over the cap. They're going to burn money in luxury tax because they know they'll make it back on, on a Chase Center, on... Their gear on being now a team with more championships, and I understand three of them were from previous leagues and decades. They got seven. That's more than the Bulls. Yeah. They're becoming, you know what they are? They're kind of like the Patriots of the of the NBA. many years down and out, nobody paying attention to them. Now, after this incredible run, Curry's like the Brady of this run. They You put it all together, and they have now, there's a new gold standard in the NBA, the Golden State Warriors. Four championships in the last eight years, six finals appearances in the last eight years, and one last thing, too. We keep saying 27 consecutive series. They have won at least one road game. 27 of them, right? I looked it up because I'm a lead pipe wielding professional. And I like having information, making you smarter while also patting myself on yeah. the back. While
0: well, well telling us you're right.
2: <laughs> 12 times in this run where they've won at least one road game in a playoff series, 27 straight times, right? 12 times in those 27, two wins on the road in the series, two of them. Two. It started in the first round of the 2015 playoffs. They also had it in the second round of the 2015 playoffs in the 2015 finals. They won two road games in the first round of the 2017 playoffs, the second round of the 2017 playoffs, and the Western Conference finals of the 2017 playoffs. They had two road wins in the 2018 version of the Western Conference finals and the 2018 finals. They did it in the first round in 2019 in the Western Conference Finals of 2019 and the Finals of 2019. And then they did it in these Finals. Two on the road. They go into your building and steal and, and, and steal your lunch money and rip your heart out. So, congrats to the Golden State Warriors. My Warriors. <laughs> <laughs> I told you okay. so. Man.
0: Rich I found our predictions from back in uh you back did, and that's o- annoying. October twentieth. Uh you had the Warriors beating the Nets yes. in the finals. I was wrong on every other f- fact. factor. Yeah, eight. you had Luca MVP. Yeah. Uh he was top.
4: top I had Steve Nash Coach, coach of, of the Year. year. Yeah. Yeah. yeah,
0: you had Steve Nash Coach of the Year and you had Jalen Suggs. TJ, you had the Bucks uh beating the Lakers.
4: Yeah, I think that was just an emotional like reaction. Yeah, that's all right. <laughs> Odd,
2: you're not giving us yours. Oh. Yeah. Right. yeah. yeah. I, I had the
0: Nets beating the
2: Suns. Yep. Listen, there you go. everybody, um, we have got a great show for you. Tracy McGrady is going to be here in hour number two Good to up. talk about the NBA Finals. Yep. That's a great kid. Craig Kilborn will be here all hour three to talk oh. about the NBA Finals. We also have a great start bench cut five questions for him as well. Two different games to play we're with. Gonna Keith, play some with games Craig. with uh, Craig. Can't Go down memory lane with my sports center, my old sports center compadre. He's got a new podcast. I guess it's cooking up. There's Lots to talk I about with Craigers, with Lord Kilby, with Killer <laughs> when he joins us in studio for all hour three. I wouldn't miss that if I were you. Uh, but when we come back, let's talk some NFL. With Albert Breer from Sports Illustrated, Lamar Jackson, um, hey, man, I think he wants his contract. He wants his deal. He says they're talking about it. He didn't guarantee he would be there at the start of training camp. He refuted that he hasn't signed yet because he feels he's not deserving of it because he hasn't won a Super Bowl yet. I mean, there's so many questions. And is Baker Mayfield going to be on the move to Carolina or what? Because we heard Matt Rule say what he said yesterday, that Sam Darnold, would be the quarterback if there was a game today. Meaning, eh, between now and the game we actually play, uh, anything can happen. (laughs) Jerry Jones has spoken about Sean Payton. Oh, gosh, this is great.
4: (laughs) Why? Because he was asked. Yeah, but he could say no comment, Rich. Let's take a break on this (laughs) I Told You So Friday.
2: Oh, come on. Yes. Lots of fun. I wouldn't move if I were you. This is going to be great. Back here on the Rich Eisen <laughs> show, 844 204 Rich number to doll. Before we get to Albert Breer here, uh, I want to like a, a correction, if you will. Remember yesterday when we were playing sound bites from Lamar Jackson's uh-huh. first press conference uh, of the year, yeah, I believe, yeah, was- since since all this business of he doesn't want a contract, what's going on with the contract, and him, uh, uh, you know, the the sound bites that we played. I said, you know, I I, I wish somebody had asked him about what Steve Bishotti, the owner of the Ravens, said at the owner's meeting, that he thinks the reason why Lamar hasn't signed or doesn't want to sign right now or isn't accepting their offer to enrich him generationally uh, with a nine-figure deal, that it's because he doesn't feel he's worthy yet because he also has not won a Super Bowl yet. And I said, I wish somebody had asked Lamar Jackson that. They, in fact, did. Here is that... Soundbite, along with a, a couple other relevant questions right after that in his near 10-minute press conference that went down in Baltimore on Thursday.
4: Lamar, when uh, Steve was
1: shot at the meeting me at the owners' meetings, he said he thought that you didn't think you were worthy of such a contract until
3: you won a Super Bowl. Do you feel you're worthy of the contract? Uh, yeah, I think so. I still want my Super Bowl, though, but I think I'm worthy for it. Yes, sir, I do.
0: Lamar, you said uh, you had conversations about the contract. Did, did those conversations happen within the last three days or four days since you've been here in Owens Mills? Uh, did you meet with
3: with Aaron? Yeah, since I've been on Owens Mills, we done had conversation. Yeah, yeah.
4: How
0: much has the Sean Watson contract affected your thoughts about your future and what would be an
3: acceptable contract for you? Um, nothing at all. You know, I'm I'm a man of my own. I don't worry about what those guys get. <laughs>
2: i like him that last sound bite just sums it all up i'm a man of my own yeah you are because there's no frame of reference as i mentioned about this none and that might be the best news of all for the ravens is that he's he's not using deshaun watson's contract as any frame of reference he probably should though (laughs) because that's a that's a monster contract that's fully guaranteed and he Watson never won MVP of the of the league and he Watson has as many playoff career wins as Lamar and he Watson has currently 24 more civil lawsuits filed against him than Lamar currently has and Lamar is going to have to play him twice a year and damn straight if I'm Lamar I'm saying that's my floor maybe he is though we have no idea none but he says he is worthy of the contract and they're talking about it. Question is who's talking? Is it Lamar just saying, yeah, let's put something on a piece of paper? Or is it his mom who's calling him? Are they conferencing in mom? I'm so, like that sounds like a, a a facetious comment, but apparently that's that's who's negotiating for him. There's I've been at this for twenty years. I don't I don't know how to peg it. And he also didn't guarantee that he'd be at Training camp, but he did say he feels he'll be a Raven for life. One big, huge, fat shrug emoji. Joining us here on the Rich Eisen show from Sports Illustrated, his MMQB is a great must-read every single week. Our friends, Albert Breer, on the Mercedes-Benz vans phone line. How you doing, Albert?
1: I'm good, I'm good. What was that about being a Twitter troll?
2: I caught the very Uh, I don't know. That was so long ago, like three minutes ago. So so let's just jump right into it. Um, I I just mentioned how Lamar Jackson is one big, huge shrug emoji. We have no frame of reference from any previous quarterbacks with his skill set, with his resume so young um, right now. And I understand there have been first contract Super Bowl winning quarterbacks before, but um not 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 meaning as much maybe running passing as as Lamar does for his franchise right now um so what what gives right because Mahomes even might be comparing you could compare him to Mahomes but Mahomes won a Super Bowl and Mahomes didn't say you know talk to my family to to deal with me I, I have no idea how to to call what's this is all about do you
1: yeah, I don't think very many people do, Rich, and I think that's really intentional. Um, you know, I, I this is a very different negotiation, and, you know, I think if you talk to Ravens people who are involved in this, um, what you'd find is the circle is very, very small, and this is being treated very delicately. And the main reason why is, like you said, there's no agent shepherding the process. And generally... You know, if you you get to a conventional negotiation with a player, there's a process of feeling out. Feelings might get hurt. You know, like one side comes in too high, the other side comes in too low. And, you know, there might be a period of a few weeks where things aren't great. There may be some stuff that gets out publicly. None of that's going to happen here. Um, And if it does, it's a really bad sign. Um, The Ravens are sort of – I think they're understanding – of their player is really, really good. And, you know, the way that they've approached this is, trust is the most important thing to Lamar. And so we're going to let him drive the process. We're not going to treat this like a normal negotiation. And, you know, we're going to work together to find a solution here. Um, Now, I don't know what Lamar wants. I don't know if he's pushing for a Deshaun Watson type of fully guaranteed deal. Uh, But the reason why there's so much, I'd say, uncertainty out there and why this all seems so vague is because I think everybody involved intends it to be. And, um, you know, they want to keep this process pretty private. So it wouldn't surprise me whenever this gets done, if it absolutely comes out of nowhere.
2: So um, at least we know they're talking now for sure. Right. And at least we know he he doesn't agree that uh, with the notion. And I, I kind of bought into it because Steve Bashotti would know of him saying that he thinks Lamar hasn't signed yet because he feels he's not worthy and wants to win a Super Bowl first. But uh, he basically said, no, I feel I'm worthy. So what, uh, but he's not using Watson's contract as a frame of reference at all, he said, because he's his own man. Yeah. What? Where does this go? I mean, what, what's your best guess from what my you best might know?
1: Guess is, my best guess is that there's a real effort to get something done before training camp.
2: Because
1: yeah, I think up until now... Um, I don't know there's really been, like, this great sense of urgency. Because once he played last year, you know, once he actually started the season last year, um, you know, I I think you start looking towards the year after, and then, you know, well, where's the risk for the player? The risk for the player really starts in training camp, right? When when he's going out there and, he, and he's in drills that are being run faster, even if he's not a quarterback taking on contact, uh, that's when the real risk sort of begins. And so, um, you know, I, I think once they – decided that they were going to play out his fourth year, which, I mean, by the way, remember, like, his draft classmate, Josh Allen, got his contract last year. Um, I think this really sort of became up to Lamar when, you know, we want to do this during this offseason. And I would say this, if this was intentional, if waiting was intentional by Lamar, it's a really good business decision. Look at, like, how many quarterbacks were making 40 before this year, uh, before this offseason, look how many are making over 40 now. That number, Rich, has gone from three to seven. Um, Matthew Stafford's in that club now. Derek Carr's in that club now. Deshaun Watson's in that club now. Um, you know, it's just, it's, it's. I, I mean, I think we've seen across the board, this goes for receivers too, pass rushers. Like, waiting has, you know, the, those guys who are still out there, your DK Metcalf, your Terry McLaurin's at receiver, mm-hmm. and obviously your Lamar <laughs> Jackson's your Kyler Murray's at quarterback. Those guys are in a really good position to ask for more now because the market has almost completely changed at those positions over the last six months.
2: Albert Breer here on the Rich Eisen Show. Uh, Matt Rule's comments on Sam Darnold yesterday certainly caught our ear or a couple days ago, um, saying that Sam's the quarterback if they had a game today, but uh, um, uh, admitted is one way to put it, allowed that th- that there's an upgrade at every position that any coach or team would would endeavor if necessary and he included the quarterback position and we had a a little bit of a role play here where i had chris brockman play um andy reed and and tj play mike mccarthy and i asked them the question if they if they needed an upgrade at their quarterback or would uh would would endeavor that and I think you get my point. So, what is going on with Darnold, and is Baker Mayfield on their radar screen still here in mid June?
1: Yeah, he is. Um, and I would tell you that if, like, there was a good deal out there for Baker Mayfield for the Panthers, he might already be a Panther. Um, you know, I think if they were in a position where they only had to pay him four or five million dollars, um, then I think there's a decent chance that that, that Baker Mayfield would be in Carolina now. And Cleveland would have a draft pick for him. On the flip side, Cleveland's been willing to take on a fair amount of of, of Baker's salary, like nine, ten million dollars. So, like, for people out there that think that Cleveland's holding on to Baker is Deshaun insurance, they wouldn't be offering to take on you know a pretty significant portion of the guy's salary if they were looking to hold him until there's more clarity in the Deshaun Watson case. So, do I think there's a solution to be found here where? The Panthers can, could go get, um, you know, Baker Mayfield and throw him into a competition with Sam Donald and Matt Corral. I certainly think that that solution is out there. I just think the Panthers, for the Panthers to do it, I think it's going to have to be a bargain, you know, and, you know, by the way, like, I think that the similar type of thing might apply to the Seahawks, depending on where they're at coming out of their offseason program with Geno Smith and Drew Locke. I tend to think, like reading the tea leaves, is probably not great news that Drew Locke hasn't passed Geno Smith. Because I think we know what Geno Smith is now, um, and that Drew Locke isn't like clearly taking the first half in training camp. So I think that's another one to watch. And you know, obviously now with some of the more some more uncertainty in the Deshaun situation, you do wonder if Cleveland maybe regroups off, after the offseason program and weighs the pluses and minuses to maybe trying to get Baker back in the fold. I'm not going to say. I'm not saying they're going to do that, but you know, it would seem to me that, you know, if they're now forecasting maybe a season long suspension for Watson, it might be something worth
2: exploring. So, the reason why Carolina didn't agree to the discounted Baker Mayfield rate is because why? Cuz they're half of Mayfield getting it at half of the fifth year option. Price is still stu- too steep because they already have a quarterback on the fifth-year option price yeah. in Donald. Is that yeah, it? I
1: think there's that, that element of it. Like I, like, and again, like I don't know how close they were on draft pick compensation or anything like that. Right. But, you know, I do think like I do think that there's you know like if we felt like like it's like if you feel like you're getting a deal, then go ahead and do the deal. You know what I mean? Like, and it's worth taking the extra swing. Um, you know, I also think there was value for Carolina though in getting a full off-season program, um, you know, with a look at Sam Darnold and Ben McAdoo's offense, because McAdoo's articulated to people in that building that he thinks he can work with Sam, and then also getting a clear look at Matt Corral, you know, who, you know, has some off-field questions and everything else, but is talented, um, and maybe should have gone a little higher than he went there in the third round. And so, you know, I think for both Carolina and Seattle, um, there was an element of, Wanting to get a good long look at the guys that are already in your building. Um, and both teams were able to do that over the last nine weeks. And Lo and behold, here we are. And, um, you know, we're in the back half of June now. And Baker Mayfield's still out there and Jimmy Garoppolo's still out there. So it's going to be interesting to see where this goes over the next few weeks because now where teams are, Rich, is like with the offseason program done, um, every team has a chance to sort of reassess based on the nine weeks of data that the offseason program gave them. And certainly that includes you know, the amount of information that you know, both those teams were able to gather on their quarterbacks over the last nine weeks.
2: Albert Breer here on the Rich Eisen Show. So where does everything stand with Deshaun Watson right now, best you can tell, Albert?
1: Yeah, I, I think, you know, like the league, my feeling has been that July sort of been the target all along. Um, and, you know, because, and I think you and I have talked about this before, there's a discovery, the discovery, the pretrial discovery deadline, um, at the end of this month that the league would feel, and the investigators too, Sue Robinson, the former U.S. District uh, Court judge who is, who's running the investigation is going to give the initial finding. You know, I, I think they'd feel a little bit more comfortable once they get past that pretrial discovery deadline because, I mean, it's not going to be complete. I don't think it's ever going to be complete you know, this year because it looks like the lawsuits are going to carry into 2023. But at least then you feel comfortable that you have, uh, I would say, a good percentage of the information that's going to come out. Um, so I felt all on. They let that deadline pass, and then at some point in July we get a decision. I think the question now becomes what's happened over the last week and a half does that make you skittish enough, where you're like, "Oh God, what else is going to happen? Is something really significant going to happen in August or September?" Um, you know, that's why my feeling is they're still going to, whatever the punishment is, the sanctions are, they're probably going to leave things pretty open ended in saying the commissioner reserves the right to, um, the, the commissioner reserves the right to, to alter the punishment in some way if new information becomes available. I I still don't think that they want to use the commissioner's exempt list, but it it remains a lever out there that Roger could pull if he really does feel uncomfortable and he wants to put Deshaun on paid leave. Um, You know, and then I think certainly the idea of giving him a full year suspension. I, I think this is something that's probably been discussed in the league office by now. I mean, the the NFL could then couch it as, well, you know, we sat Deshaun for uh, Deshaun had a de facto year off last year. And now, you know, we're going to suspend him for a year. So, you know, you add up the time away from the game, and it's equivalent to what MLB did to to Trevor Bauer.
2: Well, I mean, it's not just – and it's interesting you mentioned the Trevor Bauer name there. because. But it's not just the court of public opinion. It's the extra and soon-to-be-more civil cases coming. It's not just that also. It's also Deshaun Watson's inability – to explain himself in a coherent manner or a convincing manner in the court of public opinion. It just keeps mounting. And his also desire, as he says, to clear his name and how long that will take. Right. That this is this is something that is an open ended question, not just for the rest of this calendar year, but could go into next calendar year as well. And one uh story that didn't get much run or soundbite that didn't get much run this week that i'd like to ask you about was nick casario the gm of the texans being asked if the trade could be voided and uh he essentially gave the uh the answer of no backsies to use the the phrase that i think (laughs) that many people are familiar with in the world uh are the browns having escrow buyers remorse at all on this? I haven't heard the No Novak's thing
1: in a while, Rich. So thanks
2: for bringing me back. to are the welcome. There. Um, You're welcome. I,
1: you know, I, I honestly, um, I, I don't think, like I haven't sensed any yet. Is it possible it happens? Yeah. But that's why I think it's so important. And we, didn't, we may never get the answer to this, right? Like, But that's why I think how honest and forthright Deshaun has been with the NFL and how honest and forthright Deshaun has been with the Browns is so incredibly relevant here. Um, It could, I mean, the way these contracts are written, it could void guarantees in his contract, you know? I don't think that there's any possibility he gets traded back, that the the, the trade gets voided and he gets sent back to the Texans because, I mean, I, I think it was pretty clear there was a lot going on here, you know, and, like, it's not like the Browns went into this blindly and this is all of a sudden coming out of nowhere. They knew the risk. Like, this isn't. And the fact that more information can come out, we all knew that back in March, you know? Um, so I don't think there's any chance that the trade gets voided, um, especially since the Texans have already used one of those draft picks. But could the guarantees get voided? I mean, I, based on what I know about NFL contract language, if Deshaun wasn't forthright, you know, with the Browns, um, about, you know, what could be coming, about what was out there, about what happened in any of these cases, well, and then that exists. And then on the league level, if he wasn't forthright with the league, history tells us that the NFL comes down harder on guys who are not completely truthful with, with them. And the reason why is because the NFL lacks subpoena power. So if they want their investigations to have teeth, they have to create deterrence for people lying or misleading them. You know, And so um, I think this thing for Deshaun personally gets considerably messier if he wasn't completely forthright and honest with the NFL and the Browns, um, and maybe the Browns
2: won't come down
1: on him because he's the guy now and everything else, but I certainly think the NFL will, and maybe both of them will.
2: Albert, you're the man. Have a great Father's Day weekend, um, and I hope you um, you get whatever joy from the weekend that you deserve. And um, let's chat. Let's chat. And- July let's let's
1: absolutely absolutely and happy father's day to you and everybody on the show
2: all right rich thanks brother greatly appreciate that's Albert Breer everybody right here on the Rich Eisen show okay 844-204-RICH number two dial uh we'll take your phone calls when we come back here on the Rich Eisen show before Tracy McGrady joins us in studio hey folks it's time for the NFL draft which means for me I need a good night's sleep because if I don't have one Back here on the Rich Eisen Show, Callaway Rogue Irons, folks. Callaway Rogue Irons, there's definitely a version of the Callaway Rogue Irons for you. There's four different types of offerings of the only irons out there that uses artificial intelligence on high-strength 450 steel. If you need some something for your uh, slow swing speed, there's the most forgiving high-launch iron, the Max OS Lite. If you are a low- to mid-single-digit handicapper, there's the Rogue ST Pro that gives you that hollow-body construction in a sleek, compact player's shape. If you need something to help you improve your game the best game improvement model is the max os that's for the mid to high handicappers one that's uh, designed for the widest range of players is the rogue st max that's a game improvement shaping an incredible combination of speed forgiveness and all-around performance type of stick no other irons perform like the new rogue st irons find your rogue st irons at callaway gorogue go rogue our friend jeff in detroit first in first up it has been too long jeffrey how are you sir
3: I am wonderful, Uncle Rich. First of all, I would just like to say thank you. My cousins hooked me up earlier in the week. I got a chance to talk to John Sally. I've had Snoop Dogg questions. You hook your peoples up, man. You really <laughs> make me a part of the show. And I cannot thank you enough. I miss you. Uncle, how's everything been going? Anything happened recently? my goodness. I know. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, we're, Listen, do- we're doing well. Uh, two mm. things that I-, I wanted to bring up yes, sir. yesterday. The one thing that I can say about Boston fans, you guys have a future superstar in your hands in Jason Tatum. No doubt, everybody he's already a
2: superstar, Jeff. He was
3: first team warrior. All
2: NBA. Huh? Don't was, don't get on him. Just let he him talk. He was first
3: team All NBA. No, don't worry, Jeff. A keep
2: going. Keep going, Jeff.
3: Listen, he listen. I, it, it, he's definitely, in my opinion, he's there. He just needs to be polished, just a tad bit. But everybody on the floor made their way to that young man to console him, to kick it with him. And in the NBA, that's very rare when you find so many people gravitate towards him to see him before they start celebrating. So I I thought that was really, really dope. Uh, Let's just be petty for a second. You know what I'm saying? Just turn into petty Murphy. I can do this with my boys. Has anyone more affected by the Golden State Warriors victory than uh, Kevin Durant? Because I think about it. You almost beat these guys. Then you join them, get a ring. And now they come back, do the what was considered, I guess, the impossible. But nobody really, you know, other than you and several, but you know, you yourself and Dan Patrick, nobody saw this coming. And here they are, champions, and it's, it's remarkable. It really is. Kevin Durant needs another ring, so we could talk about him like we do.
2: Jeff, thanks for the call. Greatly appreciated. Right here on the program. Hey, Jeff. It's Jeff in Detroit. Sorry for interrupting. Let me just say something. Let me just say something about Jason Tatum here because he is getting beat up considerably today. Uh, um, and, night. you know, and, and um, Mark Tatum, as you know, gave the trophy out last mm-hmm. night because uh, Adam Silver's in the COVID protocols. Uh, when when Mark turned the trophy over, that gave him 99 fewer turnovers than Jason Tatum has in these postseason um that, and that's what that, people that's, that, what we don't know. That that's what people are saying about Tatum okay oh, and and he had a rough finals but let me let me cape for him a little bit even though i just had my little bit of uh, a wordplay <laughs> fun right there just cuz you know he got on our friend jeff in detroit chris and he's trying to talk up our guy um Jason Tatum is 24 years old. As you pointed out, Christopher, first team All-NBA for a reason. He is dynamite. Anybody who roots for an NBA team, it would be a dream come true if you have this kid playing for you. His head is screwed on strike. He is not going to be doing anything stupid. He is terrific. He is young. And also, he played his ass off. And it's amazing that his actual ass is still attached to his body. 3,714 minutes he played this season. He played 983 minutes in the playoffs. Kyrie Irving played 1,091 minutes all year. (laughs) The only other player to have more than 950 minutes in a single playoff season this decade is LeBron James. No wonder he was dragging in the last couple of games in this series. He he had the whole weight of the world on his shoulders. And I'll tell you what, what was that? What, what series was that where he, he grabbed his shoulder, ran off?
0: It was uh, game three against Miami. Right,
2: against Miami. And that was after we thought Marcus Smart was out for the rest of the playoffs because the way he turned his ankle. Like he he his came butt. back, yeah, and then yeah. Tatum looked like, uh, honestly, he was holding his shoulder, running in the locker room. I thought he's running off to Dr. James Andrews. I thought he broke his collarbone. I thought yeah. he, he separated his shoulder. There's definitely something up with this guy. And he is so incredible, and he is so terrific, and he is just going through the growing pains. And by the way, give me these growing pains. Take you two games away from winning it all. He and Jalen Brown have incredible talent. They also have an incredible knack for turning the basketball over. I mean, it was 22 of them last night. Yeah. So... All I'll say is rip on Tatum at your own peril. How many guys in their careers did you hear when they were younger that they're less than they're not? I mean, this is this is a, this is an NBA story as old as the hills here. Where and certainly in this 24/7 365 non-stop sports talk conversation, longtime listener, first-time caller, debate shows world where we're, he's getting killed all over the place today. and That's yeah, too bad. And he doesn't deserve it. Definitely not. This team was incredible this year. It came out of nowhere, and none of it happens without Jason Tatum. None of it. Or none of it happens without your Sixers uh, going and trading With the Celtics years ago, and letting him sit there, because I'm trying to make him feel better too. I made a a Mark Tatum joke. I've got nothing to do with this. I'm just making sure everybody's head is on a (laughs) swivel. I just want to say once again, congrats to the Celtics. What an incredible year! And just back off, Jason Tatum. Will you please? The guy played a million minutes, and his team almost won the whole damn thing against the dynastic Warriors team. Tracy McGrady hour two.
0: Hey, we're going to find out there was something wrong with his shoulder. I think we'll find that out. And like you said, Rich, the tale is old this time. Every great superstar who eventually wins a title. Tragic uh, Johnson.
2: Remember Tragic Johnson, (laughs) that nickname? Hey, hey,
0: Mike's never going to win. He's just a ball hog. That's right. Like, LeBron, to take a team of bums, he's never going to win a title. Yeah, he's
2: not aggressive enough to win it all, right? Steph
0: Curry's going to be a bust. His ankles, he's never going to be able to have a long career because of his weak ankles. Like, every great superstar has to go through this. They made it to the finals. They,
2: they almost, were up two one. They almost. They almost did it. Pulled it off. They were halfway home.
0: They are one of the youngest teams in the NBA. I know. They have a rookie head coach.
2: You know who's going to get better for them too? Who's? I mean, Robert Williams is so.
0: By the way, good. Robert Williams he who was pass, injured the whole playoffs. He can.
2: He can. He can stand so. at the top of the key and he could. He could distribute. He distributes. He blocks shots. He, he, Allie, he's alley yeah. He's so as frustrating as it is
0: as a fan, dude, you're he's so close, so good. You know, looking at the future, the future is so bright. This is a team. If it sticks together for the next five, six, seven years, they're going to be among the top of the East contenders every single year. So let's just you know be be sad. Tatum's getting beat like, up, be up today. Bummed, he's getting really you know, beat up today. And then let's just you know move on and realize how great we do have it.
2: So why'd you get on Jeff like that?
0: I just wanted—I just wanted the facts.
2: He is—he already is a superstar. I know that, but he was, hes hes talking right, about still, those. I'm still fired I think up he was a. No, I think he was, oh, Don't take it out on Jeff. I mean, <laughs> because I think what he's—what he was alluding to—is kind of what we've hit on in, in the last five minutes, which is Tatum's getting beat up today. Wasn't well, aggressive I, enough. Yeah. Turned it over too much. Didn't take the team and put it on his shoulders yeah. when their right. backs were against the wall. You know,
4: which is all confusing because uh, two months you're ago you're hearing that a lot today. We I, 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 that Jason Tatum was better than Kevin Durant. Now these exact same people who put him on that pedestal, and that's human nature. I well, get it. I mean, it. now Curry's better up. than LeBron and Larry Bird. Yeah, but you're I mean, hearing Kevin, that today too. But Tatum was better than Durant. Now Tatum sucks. It's like you can't. No, you don't beat those teams that Tatum and the Celtics beat to get here and suck. He, he had a bad few games in the series. Period. Dude, he made the finals. That's it. They were halfway home. They were two wins away from a duck bug parade. Home, man. Mm-hmm. But just, I still appreciate you guys putting me into this call. That's alright. <laughs> so you want, you want to feel better.
2: They're halfway home. They were halfway home in the finals, just like the Yankees are right now for the World Series. <laughs>